You are listening to episode number 87 of Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast, how to be a good teacher and still practice self-care with Alexis Shepard from The Afro Educator. How has social media impacted educators? Do you want to know the difference between self-care and self-indulgence? We're answering these and so many other questions on today's episode of the podcast. Welcome to Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast. I'm Kelsey Sorensen, a former elementary teacher and current homeschool mom. And even though I've been a resource creator since 2014, I've realized that printables alone aren't all you need in order to thrive as a teacher or homeschool parent. That's why I also created this show and got certified as a life coach to help you finally kick burnout to the curb and feel confident with whatever challenges come your way. With the right mindset strategies and new teaching inspiration, you're going to be well on your way to your best teacher life. Now let's go. It has been quite a wild week over here at Wife Teacher Mommy. So I'm recording this not too long before this episode goes live. And on Sunday, we were hacked on our Facebook account. Somebody got into our Facebook account and got into our ad account, which we're using to promote, educate, and rejuvenate our big virtual conference. And they spent $9,000 on my credit card. I mean, I bet you can't imagine the look on my face when that happens. It has been wild, like working with Facebook, trying to figure it out. And in the meantime, being like, I need to get the word out about this event to all the teachers and homeschool parents who could benefit so much from it. Luckily, we have been refunded already and we got a second ad account set up. So we're able to promote it and everything. But I just appreciate a lot of you were willing to like share about the event with your friends. And that just means a lot because my team and I, we've been working on this event since January and we are so excited that it is finally coming to fruition and seeing all of the amazing people, all these presenters come together, watching their sessions as we're getting them ready. It's just, it is good. This is good content that we're putting together. And I'm so excited that so many of you are joining us. And I hope that you listening today are joining us at Educate and Rejuvenate. It's going to be a great time. If you aren't sure what I'm talking about, be sure to go to educateandrejuvenate.com to learn more about the event. But basically, it is our big, huge, gigantic virtual conference that we are doing. And the main days are on the 27th and 28th of June. Those are when the live keynotes are. Our keynotes are Joe Dombrowski and Christina Kuzmich. And then I'm, I'm kind of like the second keynote each day. I'm also doing some live teaching each both days and I have a pre-recorded session. And then there are tons of different pre-recorded sessions that you get to watch. You have 10 full days to watch them with your ticket. We start each day with a workout. The first day is a strength workout. The second day is a yoga meditation. We have life coaching happening in the afternoons and live panels with teachers. It's so much fun. 
Last year, it was fun. This year, we are just leveling up. So I cannot wait. And as you're listening to this on June 13th, the Facebook group, the pre-party has started. We are doing giveaways leading up to the event. We're going to be posting a new giveaway pretty much each day, I think, if I remember right. Lots of awesome giveaways. We have some lives going on like on the 13th when this airs. I'll be going live kind of sharing how you can get into the event and sharing how everything works to make sure everybody knows. So you will definitely want to join the Educate and Rejuvenate Facebook group if you purchased a ticket or if you're in the club and you haven't yet, be sure to join that group. And if you have not purchased a ticket yet, consider doing it now instead of waiting until last minute because you'll pay the same price now or later. But if you join now, you'll get to join the pre-party and all these additional giveaways and all this fun. The pre-party is kind of like, you know, the tailgate before a event, like a Taylor Swift concert or, you know, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. But of course, that's usually used for like sports. I'm not super sporty. I know a lot of you are though. So anyways, I would love you to join us at the event and the pre-party. Now today, what we're talking about on the podcast, I am actually talking with Alexis Shepard, who is one of our amazing speakers at Educate and Rejuvenate. And we are talking all about self-care, how to be a good teacher and practice self-care, what self-care really means and how it impacts educators and um, what it really means when somebody's saying, don't forget about self-care, but they don't say what that actually means. So we're talking about that. And our episodes actually really tied together well. So I interviewed her and then she interviewed me right after to be on her show, which is the Afro Educator Podcast. So be sure after you're done listening to this one to hop over to her show and listen to her interview with me, where we chat about the Sunday scaries as well. We kind of reference this episode in that one and vice versa. Before we dive in, I'm going to read Alexis's bio for you so you know a little bit about her and then she's going to share some more about herself as well. So Alexis Shepard is a former veteran teacher and forever educator with a gift of gab. She empowers educators at all stages to step into more confident, conscious, and authentic versions of themselves inside and outside the classroom. She champions teacher well-being through coaching, consulting, and interactive workshops that promote radical self-care. Alexis uses thought and identity exploration to help educators reframe internalized narratives that contribute to burnout and overwhelm. And I just love talking with Alexis and I could tell that she was so knowledgeable in this area. My work and her work, there is like some overlap in what we do. And I just love seeing that others out there care so much about educators' wellness and self-care. Like there could not be enough people who help teachers with this because it is such a need right now. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's dive in. Okay. Hi, Alexis. I'm so excited to have you here on Wife, Teacher, Mommy, the podcast today. So fun. Thank you so much, Kelsey. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a long time. So I'm really excited that we get to chat outside of email and also bring that conversation to the listeners. I know. I'm so excited about this too. Like I've just thought you're so awesome. Like ever since I got introduced to you from last year's event and you were presenter there and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, Alexis, we need to have her on the show at some point. <laughs> and now it's like a year later and it's finally happening. So very happy about that. Awesome. Same here. Same here. But some of my listeners might not know you yet. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your teaching, um, what you do to help teachers now and just something fun about yourself too? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Alexis Shepard, also known online as the Afro Educator. That's also where you can find me on all platforms, uh, including my website at theafroeducator.com. And I am a former teacher and forever educator. As I like to say, um, education has always been in my heart and will always be in my heart. Um, I taught in the K-12 public school setting here in upstate South Carolina from 2012 until the end of 2000. 
2021. And my experience ranges from second grade to fourth grade to sixth grade, uh, which is actually the middle school setting here. And fun fact was my favorite grade to teach, uh, which was a shock to me because I had always said that I was not gifted enough or patient enough to teach middle school. Um, I used to meet middle school teachers and I'd say, oh man, you're you're really doing the Lord's work. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it turns out I actually loved that middle school age and just how um, I was able to engage with them on a different level. And so back in 2018 is actually when I started the Afro Educator, and it was really just meant to be a way for me to connect with other incredible educators outside of my local uh, school and district. And from there, I grew this passion for talking about teacher wellness and teacher self-care based on my own burnout experiences. So throughout my career, I burned out twice. Each time was very different. Um, but each time I recognized the need for me to take action in order to make something different, even though the burnout um you know, was not my fault. You know, we know there are lots of systemic issues and, and certainly we can get into that. But um, even though it was not my fault, I did feel a responsibility to also help myself through those experiences. And that's exactly what I did uh, for myself through the Afro Educator and what I've been able to do for other educators through this platform as well. So I primarily just provide tools and strategies uh, and also just a space for connection and community for other other educators who have experienced burnout or who are just in that K-12 setting and need that support so that they can teach and live well. I just loved hearing like your story and how you mentioned that you you kind of hit burnout twice. And I feel like that's something that so many teachers can relate to. And you're able to use that experience to help other educators. So I love how you like took that and you used it in a way to help not only yourself, but other educators to be able to figure out how to navigate it all as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think too, um, at least in my experience with burnout, it can be a very isolating experience because you feel like you're alone going through it. Um, and even though I know I mentioned earlier that burnout is not necessarily your fault, um, but you do internalize a lot of what's happening because you don't know that there are other people out there who are going through that. And I know for me, and I think for a lot of educators, you feel like, well, I guess this is what I signed up for. I guess this is, you know, what what I get for, you know, being passionate and, and being willing to work hard is this is just something that I have to tolerate. And so the work that I've done has not only, um, I think, been empowering for others, but has also been really empowering for me. Um, I especially love when I get messages from people who are just like, thank you so much for, um, you know, encouraging me to, you know, really look at my wellness in a different way or to, to just even prioritize my wellness. And it's funny because a lot of times when people say that, I don't feel like there's anything significant that I've done because my primary point of contact with folks is just really in sharing my story and being vulnerable and transparent with people. And I think it just resonates because it gives them permission and space to um, be that as well. I love that. And really it is like a lot of times I just need to hear that story and learn from other people. And an amazing thought that I heard from another coach, she was talking about how like, you know, when somebody's like, you changed my life, it's really like, no, I didn't change your life. You changed your own life. You took what you learned and you applied it and 
you were able to make something amazing out of that. So a lot of times they're giving like, you know, you or I credit, but really it's, they did it. They, they figured it out and we're, we're just here to cheer them on and be so proud of them. Absolutely. And, and I think that speaks a lot to, um, you know, why that works. Like people really ultimately, I think at the end of the day, just want permission and connection. Not that they need that permission or not that that permission is required. But when you see someone else who's going through something, who's willing to be open and transparent about it, it allows you to feel like you can do that. And then it also gives you that opportunity to connect with them and with other people around that as well. It's kind of like this ripple effect. So, so true. Because like when one person, like, it's like you with what you're doing, you kind of are able to help other educators, then they help other educators. And it's just sharing like our perspectives and that permission, which like you said, is not required. Like we don't need permission to do any of these things in our lives or to, you know, what we're talking about today is self-care to like, we don't need permission to take care of ourselves. But a lot of times we might feel like we need that connection or like inspiration of like, how do I even do this? Or like, you know, all of that, which we're going to talk about today. And I'm so excited. So one of the things you mentioned is we're kind of talking about this conversation. And this is a very like, I'll let everybody know that this is the least prepared I've been for an interview, (laughs) not Alexis. She's amazing. But like, she gave me questions. I'm going to be on her podcast, which you should definitely subscribe to her podcast. She had like these questions for me. And I usually have the same, but we've had some crazy stuff (laughs) happening this week. And I'm like, okay, let's, you know, figure out how we're going to have this casual conversation. But I think it's going to be amazing. And one of the things that she said is like, there's kind of the pillars you were talking about. Like a lot of times people think like, what does it mean to be a good teacher and what they make that mean maybe prevents them from Mm self-care. Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. So one of the things that I've talked about, um, and I had a post, I want to say it was several years ago about it, but I've done several uh, conferences as well as some blog posts around this topic and some podcast topics as well about what it means to be a good teacher. And it's not necessarily me or anyone defining specifically what that means, but more so exploring the idea that we all come to the profession with these internalized narratives about what it takes to do the job well. Um, You know, obviously there are like the technical aspects of it, but even beyond that, you look at social media or you look at Pinterest. I know when I started teaching, Pinterest had just exploded. So it was around like 2011, 2012, (laughs) and we were all, you know, Pinteresting these idealistic classrooms and and all of these kind of, uh, you know, projects that we were doing in our dorm rooms to to create for the perfect classroom sort of of thing. Um, But we all have these internalized ideas from, you know, Pinterest or social media or TV or, uh, you know, other folks that we see about what it takes to do things well. And with those internalized narratives, we end up creating these beliefs and our beliefs become our actions. And those actions can sometimes lead to burnout. I was telling um, I was telling you, Kelsey, before we started recording that, like the example I always give is that I identified as what I call the hardworking teacher. So in my, um, you know, kind of concept of the good teacher narrative, there are four what I call teacher types. And actually, if you go on my website, there's a free quiz where you can find out your own teacher type and what that may mean about your own internalized narrative. But uh, those four types of teachers are the dedicated teacher, the caring teacher, 
the hardworking teacher and the dynamic teacher. And each one of those types has like a mantra of sorts, like a an MO, a way that they operate that drives what they do. And so for me, I was really the hardworking teacher. And the narrative that I internalized was, well, if I'm hardworking, it means I need to show up early, stay late. If I have extra time, I need to fill it with extra things to do because that's what will make me a hardworking teacher, not just for myself, but for other people who are perceiving me. So for my colleagues, for my principal, for the families of my students, for my students themselves. And so I ended up doing a lot of things the first few years of my career that actually kind of sped me towards that first encounter with burnout that I had right around year four or five, I think it was. And it was because those narratives for sure prevented me from taking care of myself because I believed that taking care of myself was the antithesis to being hardworking. Yeah. And it's so, so fascinating because it's kind of what you, what you were thinking about, what does it mean to be hardworking? Like a lot of times I try to turn around, like turn that into a question because what you think is hardworking might look different than what somebody else thinks is hardworking. And what you thought was hardworking was leading you down this path of like burnout. Like you were probably expecting so much of yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think you just hit the nail on the head with talking about uh, or alluding to reframing the idea of what hardworking means uh, to individuals. And then I think in general as well. And um, I've read a lot of articles recently about just work culture uh, in the U.S. and and how a lot of us really kind of internalize that piece about what that means. And there's this very, um, I think, literal very legalistic interpretation of what it means to be a hard worker that oftentimes leads us down this path of, um, you know, burnout and all of the things that come with that. So I think if we think of hard work really in terms of, or at least the way that I think of it is in terms of how effective am I at accomplishing my essential goal. And and for me as a teacher, it was thinking about my impact for my students and what is most important to me, you know, at the very end of the year, what is the one thing or the two things or the three things that I want my students without a shadow of a doubt to, you know, be able to know, be, or do. And for me personally, I was really um, interested in helping my students be more compassionate, empathetic humans. And so being able to shift that idea of hard work from, am I writing songs and making dances and using all of my time for lessons to how is what I'm doing contributing to that impact that I really want to accomplish at the very end of the school year? That is such a good way to think about it. And it's like, how is it contributing to that? And like, a lot of times we put things on our plate that aren't necessarily contributing to that. Like we're putting way too much more on there than we really need to, to get that end result that we Mm -hmm. want. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. And I think this is so important to talk about because so many teachers just don't, don't realize how that is impacting it. And like you said, there are a lot of things we can't control. Like we can't control a lot of what's going on, like how are students are behaving Mm -hmm. exactly in that moment Mm -hmm. and different things like that. But there are things we can control, like our thoughts and beliefs about what is going on and how that makes us feel and then what we do from that point. Yeah. And it makes sense, Kelsey, that 
Um, you know, when you talk about self-care and I can already, you know, feel people wincing, <laughs> you know, like yes. through, the, through the podcast, because I know a lot of educators are on this hamster wheel. I know that, um, you know, that may not be every single person's experience. Some folks are in in districts or in scenarios where they genuinely feel really supported and they might may not necessarily be able to fully connect to uh, what we're talking about. But I think in general, when you're talking about accomplishing certain standards and you're thinking about standardized testing and, and all of the things that are put on teachers' plates, as you referenced earlier, Self-care feels like this Herculean ask to stop the hamster wheel that is necessary in order for me to do all of the things that you want me to do in order to take a bath or, you know, have an expensive dinner or, um, you know, get a manicure that I maybe can't or shouldn't afford, Um you know, instead of all of these things that I've been asked to do that I want to do for the sake of, uh, you know, making sure that I can show up for students. And so I always like to clarify that when I talk about self-care, whether it's here on a podcast or um, in a conference session or, um, you know, just in, in regular conversation, I like to make mention that when I talk about self-care, I'm really talking about the messy hard work of serving your future self and of pouring into the person that you want to become. And the reality is, is that that does take some investment up front, which may mean, yes, stopping that hamster wheel that in the immediate now feels really hard and feels like quote unquote, not the right thing to do, but that is going to generate dividends in the future as for as far as your overall satisfaction and long-term well-being in the profession and in your life as a whole. And so self-care is not the same as self-indulgences, which are, you know, the chocolates, the baths, the, you know, having your favorite coffee, like those things have a place, but those things aren't going to serve your future self in the way that they are setting you up for that long-term satisfaction and well-being overall. Hey teachers, if you are always on the hunt for engaging math games, purposeful practice, and ways to motivate your students so they can actually enjoy math, you will definitely want to check out digitalmathgames.com. This site offers a growing library of online ad-free games for kids in grades three through six that are self-checking so there's no prep or grading for you. If you are excited about the possibilities, head on over to digitalmathgames.com to get started with a 14-day free trial. That's right, you and your students can test it out for free for two weeks. Just go to digitalmathgames.com to get started. I'm Angela Watson, creator of the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek program. We're kicking off the next cohort of 40-Hour this summer, and I want you to join us. Over 55,000 K-12 educators have already used the 40-Hour program to maximize their contractual hours and stop working endlessly on nights and weekends. Visit 40HTW.com to learn more, including how to attend our free online summit on July 9th and 10th, where you can learn time-saving tips from other classroom teachers. That's 40HTW.com.
I love this. And Alexis, I love that you had a term for this because I did like a podcast episode about self-care and everything. And it was like, yeah, those things are great. There's nothing wrong with them, but there's this other side to self-care, but actually calling those things self-indulgences and not that indulgences are bad, but it is a different thing than what we are talking about when we mean like self-care. Yeah. And, and the, I like to say fortunate and unfortunate thing. Um, in the last decade, we've all seen uh, mental health uh, have its comeuppance and how there has been uh, more emphasis placed on not just mental health awareness, but on taking steps to address, um, you know, our, our mental and emotional well-being. And in that, self-care has also had its moment. Uh, I would say for the last few years, I remember when I started the Afro Educator in 2018 and I was, you know, running the word self-care into the ground. It seemed like I was one of the only few people uh, uh, who were doing that because it really hadn't quite made it into the mainstream yet. And then I want to say a year after that, which would have been 2019 and certainly into 2020, self-care just explodes and you hear it and see it all over the place. And it's great in the sense that there's all of this knowledge and awareness around just self-care from a general sense and from a, hey, this is vocabulary that people now have since. Um, on the other hand, though, I have found that sometimes when something becomes really, really popular and mainstream, it becomes diluted. And there are all of these, you know, kind of various interpretations of what it is. And depending on what you, I think, consume the most and what you hear the most really influences what you think about that specific thing. And a lot of teachers have gotten those newsletters from from their principals or from their districts and, um, you know, or, or in staff meetings where they're being told, and don't forget self-care and don't forget self-care, all while more things are being heaped onto their plates. And so it feels like this really passive way for administrators to... Um, say that they care without putting action behind it. Not that I'm saying that's exactly what's happening, but that certainly is the sentiment and the feeling of a lot of educators across the country, I think. Yeah, that totally makes sense because like if you feel like you're being told one thing, but then it's kind of like showing versus telling, right? It's like you say one thing, but then you do another. So I can kind of see how teachers would interpret that to mean that does my self-care matter? You know, like, does it really Exactly. Well, and that's, I mean, at the end of the day is is just lack of authenticity. I read the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. He also has a great Oh, talk. he's amazing. He, oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. If you've not read Start With Why, folks, highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, but he mentions early on in the book that authenticity is the alignment of words and actions. And in this day and age, that's all we want. And I say we, it's just people in general, is we want actions and words to align. And I think especially teachers, educators are really the grassroots of the K-12 system. They are the reason that the system works at all, especially with, you know, all of its flaws and deficiencies. And at the end of the day, all they want is realness as I call it. All they want is that authenticity that comes from the alignment of the actions and the words. And I think that's why self-care has become kind of this, you know, term that, that educators roll their eyes at because of the fact that it's so overused and misused. And then, you know, when it is used, it has no weight to it. 
there's not necessarily direction on like what they're supposed to do. It's just like, don't forget self-care. Like, okay, thanks. What, what does that mean? So if you were to recommend for a teacher who let's say they're in that situation, they maybe feel like they don't know what to do for self-care or whatever. What are your recommendations for that teacher to like baby steps towards having more of a self-care practice? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would, would do is, is I want to encourage you to think about self-care beyond things that happen outside of school on your own time in your home. I really want you to think about self-care as something that you can integrate into your classroom. Um, I want you to think about self-care as something that is just a function of the way that you operate. And the root of that function is simply, how can I show up well for myself so that I can show up well for others? What is it that I'm doing in this moment? What is it that I can do in this lesson? What is it that I can do in this few minutes where I can show up for myself so that I can show up well for others? And let me let me give some examples. So for me, when I started asking myself this question, um, you know, years into my career, one of the things that I did was I implemented a Wellness Wednesday. And it morphed and it changed over time, but essentially I committed to dedicating a certain chunk of time each week. It was just a few minutes each week and it started It started small. So it started with, hey, you know what? I'm on this hamster wheel. I don't think I can give 15 minutes, but I think there's two minutes that I can set aside where my students are having quiet time and that is my quiet time as well. It's not time where I'm trying to be productive. It's time where I am trying to uh, sort of gather myself and have that quiet that I need to, at least for me anyway, for me, that quiet was necessary to feel recharged enough to make it successfully through the day. And then eventually that evolved into um, doing a wellness check with my students. And that wellness check was uh, just a, it was a Google form um, with like two or three questions on it that allowed me to basically collect data on how it was that my students were doing. And while they were completing that, again, I was using the time that they were working independently on the wellness check to do something for myself. It also was time where I wasn't teaching I wasn't necessarily having to support students actively during that time. Um, and so it was space for me to also gather myself. So whether I was, you know, actively doing something like using the Calm app or, or listening to like a quick, you know, one minute breathing exercise on Headspace, or even if I was just sitting there. Um, you know, sometimes I would sit there and I would have, you know, two or three minutes of like mindless internet scrolling as my students are working on this five to 10 minutes of, of, of wellness check. So I think the most important thing is really envisioning how you can bring wellness into um, spaces where you're spending a lot of time that don't just include your home. I think it's hard to imagine self-care as this integral part of your life when you're only doing it in one space, right? Um, you know, then it's it's not a function of the way that you operate. It's just another kind of checklist. So that that's one thing that I would recommend is think about how you can bring uh, self-care and wellness practices into your classroom in ways that benefit you and benefit your students. It's this, this symbiotic thing. 
The other recommendation I would have would be to identify what your teacher narrative is so that you can start to address the unique ways that you may be unknowingly um, a catalyst to, to burnout or to overwhelm. So I referenced it quickly earlier, um, but on my website, it is all over the website. Pretty much any page you go to, you can get to it. But if you head to www.theafroeducator.com, I have my teacher types quiz. It's very short, less than 10 questions, and it will tell you what your teacher type is, as well as give you some active uh, strategies that you can go ahead, simple strategies uh, that don't require any money or anything from you to go ahead and get started on that wellness journey. Um, I also do have um, a free resource on my website that's like a a resource guide that has um, topically curated uh, podcast episodes that I've done as well as um, worksheets and, and blog posts and things that I've written that will also help support you in that as well. I've got a lot of content out there for y'all to really help you move along in your journey, depending on where you are, whether you're ready to integrate that journey into the classroom or whether you're, uh, you know, still wanting to level up your practices at home. I love this. And I love that you mentioned it, not just being at home. It's like, integrating that practice everywhere and how you can't just find those few minutes. A lot of times we feel like we need to be productive hundred percent of the time. And, you know, and sometimes honestly, the most productive thing is a moment of self-care. So you can have that moment to regroup and come back to your students. And I love how you are offering so much to our listeners to get started for free. So we'll make sure to get all of those links added to the show notes for all of you. So you can check that out on Alexis's website. And we're also really excited that you are presenting at Educate and Rejuvenate this year. So again, for the second year, we're really excited. (laughs) So glad you're back. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what you're presenting about this year? Yeah, absolutely. So ironically enough, uh, my session for Educate Rejuvenate is called Three Ways for Teachers to Win at Wellness. And inside of that session, I'm actually going to be taking a deep dive into three specific ways that you can integrate your self-care practices into your teaching. And so we'll take a deep dive at looking at integrating those um, wellness routines into the classroom, as well as other ways that you as an educator can support support yourself and showing up well um, for you so that you can also show up well in all of the other roles that you play. I'm so excited for your session. It's going to be amazing and just so happy to have you back. And I'm so excited for the event in general. We just have such an amazing group of speakers. Really excited. So yeah, y'all, y'all really do. It's, it's honestly such a huge value for folks who are Um, you know, who are going to be engaging with those sessions. I mean, I don't know how you pick which ones, which ones to, to sort of go to first, because there's just so much awesome content to consume. That's why we had to extend the time this year. Cause last time we gave them like two days, we ended up extending a little bit because we had some tech issues, but this year we're like 10 days because we have even more speakers this year because we have a teacher track and the parent track. And we just want people to have time to watch whatever they need to watch. So that's amazing. Well, I love that. And that, that, I mean, the conference is self-care 
uh, in and of itself because it is really helping teachers in all aspects think about ways that they can serve their future selves. So it's a win. And I love the whole future. I feel we could do a whole episode about the whole future (laughs) self-concept because I love that too. It's like, yeah. We'll we'll have to do another episode sometime. Yes. I'm, I'm I'm here for part two. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alexis. This was so much fun. And where can our listeners connect with you? Um, I mean, you shared a little bit, but is there anything else that you would like to share where they can connect with you online if they want to hear more from you? Yeah, absolutely. So again, you can find me uh, at my website, www.theafroeducator.com. That's where all the things live. Um, I'm also on Teachers Pay Teachers. I have free and paid resources there for you, um, specifically geared towards teacher wellness. There's also the Afro Educator podcast where, of course, I take deep dives into all the things teacher wellness, um, myself, as well as incredible guests, which uh, Kelsey will join the lineup of here in, in just a, a little bit. Um, you can also find me over on Instagram at the Afro Educator. That's really primarily where I hang out online. I'd love to engage with you in any or all of those spaces. Amazing. Thank you so much, Alexis. And we're going to go do an interview for her awesome podcast now. So be sure you subscribe and we will talk next week. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to take the next step, come grab your ticket to join me at Educate and Rejuvenate, the education event of the year on June 27th and 28th, 2023. This year, we have two incredible live keynotes, Joe Dombrowski, aka Mr. D, and best-selling author and video creator, Christina Kuzmich. We have over 60 incredible speakers speaking on topics such as math, language arts, reading, social emotional learning, classroom management, homeschooling, and tackling burnout. We start the day with a workout together each morning. We have panels with the presenters, and you'll even get to join live life coaching with me and even raise your hand if you would like to be coached. Plus, we give away tons of prizes throughout the event too. It is the best PD you could ever attend. And all of this is happening from the comfort of your own home. It's just $19 for a ticket and past attendees have said that this is what finally lit a fire under them to enjoy teaching again and that it was well worth every penny. Go to educateandrejuvenate.com to learn more about the 2023 event. Or if you're listening to this later, that link will show you what's up next as we will continue to do events like this. I hope to see you at Educate and Rejuvenate.